0: Humble Holding Up is sponsored by the North Coast Co-op and Humboldt Hydroponics. You know uh, the North Coast Co-op; it's no no mystery that it's the favorite grocery store of Humboldt Holding Up. We go there for lunch all the time. Andrew, I know you love the solids, also and- the poke
1: bowls. But I shouldn't say I shouldn't say that out loud because then there'll be a rush on the poke bowl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, whatever it is that you love, they've got it there at the North Coast Co-op. Go check them out at both Arcata and Eureka.
1: And Humble Hydroponics. They are located at 1302 Union Street. That is uh, right next to the Broadway Cinema. Unless, in case you don't have a map in in your brain, uh, you can visit them there, and their knowledgeable staff will help you with all your growing needs. Humble Hydroponics, locally owned and operated for some time.
0: It's Humble holding up. Humboldt County's very scholastic podcast. I'm Stephanie McGarry. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I'm Andrew Goff. Very studious, very academic, always, always. Uh, is, a, is our approach. Uh, and in seriously. that spirit, yeah. So uh, a few weeks ago, a very historic thing happened here on the North Coast. We laid to rest Humboldt State University so that Cal Poly Humboldt could rise in its place. Um, as you're probably aware at, the, uh, at this point, That is because Humboldt is now home to California's third Polytechnic University, the only one in Northern California. This, of course, thanks to a massive investment by the state. And as many people have noted this, this is a huge deal. This is a a big thing for our area. And it's, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change our county in ways that we can't fully anticipate. Now, there's been a lot of coverage on this, but I will say that when I bring it up to people, I, I feel like not everyone has a great grasp on what all this transition necessarily means uh, entirely.
0: So today we're going to be joined by Provost Dr. Jen Capps, uh, the Executive Director of Initiatives, Connie Stewart. Uh, you might also remember that Connie used to be mayor of Arcada, so that's pretty cool. And the associate vice president for facilities, Mike Fisher. And together, the three of them are going to try to help us better comprehend what the shift to Cal Poly Humboldt will mean for both the university and the surrounding community. Yeah, so
1: we are, we are, we are honored to have, uh, these three, our first three person.
0: Uh, yes. <laughs> so we'll,
1: we'll, we'll have them themselves It's a their, full the,
0: house today. Yeah.
1: We'll so have them introduce say? themselves so that yes, you can uh, all identify their voices and we'll, we'll try to keep this as orderly as possible. No <laughs> so
0: what promises. do you say? We get them, get them in here. Let's yeah. do it. Hello. <laughs> well good afternoon. Hello. All right. So thank you again all three of you for for joining us. I think we've had a, a couple of two person uh interviews before but I think this is the first time we've had three people at the same time. So I'm sure it'll all be I'm sure it'll all be great. We thought that maybe we could just start with some introductions so you could just kind of you know, give your name and a little bit about your role at uh, Cal Poly Humboldt. See, I still wanted to say HSU. I almost just said HSU. (laughs) We're all going to be doing it for a while, but uh, maybe we could start with you, Dr. Capps.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Jen Capps. I'm the provost, um, which is a fancy way of saying I'm the vice president of academic affairs. So I oversee all the academics here at Cal Poly Humboldt.
3: Okay. Uh, I'm Connie Stewart. I'm the executive director of initiatives for Cal Poly Humboldt, which is a fancy way of saying I do a lot of external affairs stuff and advocacy work for the university. Okay,
4: okay. great. I'm Mike Fisher. I'm the Associate Vice President for uh, Facilities Management, um, responsible for maintenance operations, um, planning, design, construction, sustainability, and all things physical assets. That's a fancy way of saying that I don't have a life and I live here. <laughs>
1: Well, that, now that's that, that's not fully true, Mike, because do, do, don't you also run the the hatchet house? Do I understand that? right? Oh,
4: uh, see, I can't get away. Um, yeah, No,
1: I've we're, we're i I've, I've done my research. <laughs> awesome.
4: Uh, my our, our family does. My wife is primarily um, okay. uh, running that that uh, that endeavor now. But yes, we're, we are certainly that's that's our gig. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Good. So I thought, I thought I'd just ask, you know, real quick, you know, see we're a few weeks into this uh, semester and, you know, and you, you've changed the name and I'm just wondering like, what has been like the prominent shorthand that most people have gravitated toward? Because I feel like I've, I've seen a few things out there. CPH, I don't know if that rolls off the tongue is is great as you did, but you know, uh, Humpali, I saw somebody, oh no, what are, what are people saying up there?
2: I think Cal Poly Humboldt is, is shorthand or just Humboldt is what I think um, we're hoping to have that okay. shorthand be, but I think it's still a work in progress.
1: Okay, so you sure. to, to maintain, just, just call it Humboldt.
2: Okay, yeah, I think it's important to our region and I think important to our alumni and our, uh, our campus community that Humboldt stays very central. Um, but chopping it up to things like CPH, um, I think, are, are challenging because it means different things, and that doesn't really capture our identity. And I think Connie mm-hmm. wants to jump in on that too.
3: Mm. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, okay, great. <laughs> Brand, or, you know, we're we're doing a branding exercise with the campus and well, everything, and okay. so, so yeah, we're we're you know, but yes, please don't call us CPH.
0: Yeah, yeah, that seems okay. To be you're, you're, you're
3: you are <laughs> on
1: the record against CPH.
0: Nobody likes CPH.
1: Uh, Doctor Caps, I, I wanted to start with you also because uh, from what I've seen, you've been you've been kind of the face of this uh, Polytechnic transition. And you know, I was looking back, and it looks like you came to Humboldt uh, in May of 2020, and it was just like a few months after that that we got wind that this massive undertaking was being considered. And it made me wonder, like, did you know that this was going to be your task when when you were thinking about taking the provost position or did, did they spring that on you later?
2: <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I think that uh, the idea had been floated. I think it was in an idea phase and, and during my interview process that the topic had come up um, and it was a really exciting prospect for me, truthfully, because I really saw... The excellence of what was HSU, but the potential of the Cal Poly Humboldt and really the opportunity to help support moving this institution forward in a way that would create more access for students to be able to connect with Um, academic degree programs that they were struggling to get into in other places because they're full. Um, And interestingly enough, those same academic programs are are the ones that are needed um, so much for a lot of these workforce gaps that exist. So to me, that is really exciting work is being able to connect with the community and creating access for students. So it really was actually one of many of the compelling reasons why I wanted to, to be here and be part of this team. So.
1: Yeah, Reading, you know, the cover, all the coverage of this, you know, people keep mentioning, you know, just the, the historic nature of of this transition. So, you know, congratulations on being entrusted with that with that role. Because I, I honestly, I could not tell you what the last provost did. I don't know. It's like it's just, that's my, uh, you know, but I'm not on campus. So, anyway, but let's 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 talk about uh, this thing because obviously, you know, this is a massive deal uh, for Humboldt. And just based on on some of the growth projections y'all have, have laid out for this thing. Um, which include hopefully doubling the student population in the next seven years, more than 2,000 new dorm beds, massive building upgrades. Um, so obviously, you know, growth is a, is a big part of this, but I get a sense from, um, from talking to people in the community that not everyone like quite grasps what the transitioning to a polytechnic aspect of this looks like. I don't know, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd phrase it like this. Like, let's say, you know, in 10 years, I'm walking around, the Humboldt campus and talking to students and faculty there, if all goes to plan, how might Cal Poly Humboldt feel different from Humboldt State University?
2: Great question. I'll I'll share the academic piece and then pitch it over to Mike and then Connie, but for the academic piece, we have a phased launching of academic programs. So we have eight new bachelor's programs, one new master's, and three certificates coming online in 2023. And we are on target to meet those degree programs. So that is one really salient way um, that you'll know we're going to have lots of new academic programs in that applied science, science, engineering, and technology space. Once again, that will create that access for students and connect with the workforce. We have really exciting partnership opportunities and infrastructure projects that I think will really um, create a really different and robust experience for our students. Maybe, Mike, you could chime in a little bit about infrastructure.
4: Yeah, happy to. Um, The opportunity afforded to us uh, with the allocation for the state of California to invest in our infrastructure was huge. And what we are planning to do with that um, investment is to, you know, stretch those dollars and ensure that we can deliver infrastructure that supports all the, all the um, the things that go into supporting a bigger population, including, you know, expanded um, housing, um, expanded academic facility, taking a look at our health center and how we expand it and its services, looking at basic needs as integrated to our building facilities, um, and ensuring that we can provide both first-year uh, experiences in the residence halls, as well as off-campus um, upperclassmen experiences um, in the residence halls, and all that, you um, you know, all that goes to support our overall effort, but I should acknowledge that it's just part of the story. The larger part of that story is, is our community and our region and really growing together with those other elements. Um, certainly, we're not building grocery stores. We're not building um, other jobs that our students access in some respects. Um, and so, you know, working in partnership lockstep with our community leaders is going to be critically important to making sure this whole thing does work, but certainly we do have a control over, over what we're going to build, and I'm happy to get into any details if you'd like.
1: Yeah, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little, a little bit later in this, but um, I know, you know, like that, that in, we could stick on the academic aspect of this uh, for a second. Uh, you know, I know that information is out there for, for people who want to dig for it, but maybe you could just kind of really briefly go over some of the, the programs and majors that uh, we can expect to see uh, in, coming in the, in the years to come.
2: You bet. So the first phase was really about, um, building up additional engineering programs. So in order to become a polytechnic, um, you needed to have depth and breadth in the four fields, which are uh, applied science, science, technology, and engineering. And where we really needed to add some depth was in our engineering space. And so Mm -hmm. what we focused on um, was engineering programs, particularly those that are, it's a weird word, but impacted at other institutions where really qualified students are denied entry because the programs are full. also sought to align the academic programs that we would launch with the priorities of the state of California. So things like fire mitigation, technology, those types of things. And then the third sort of bucket was about what is really um, neat opportunities for us to offer um, at Cal Poly Humboldt that leverages the uniqueness of place. So Mm -hmm. things like marine biology, um, applied fire science and management for the priority piece, um, energy systems engineering, which sort of pulls together. We have a lot of great um, expertise and um, in partnerships in, in the energy space, and it also couples with uh, the engineering piece, data science, and then things like software engineering, mechanical engineering, a master's degree in engineering that really incorporates um, traditional ecological knowledge and wisdom um, that we can incorporate into that master's degree to be able to serve our, our local area as well. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. I have them sort of, oh, well, cannabis. I mean, cannabis. I was just I waiting was <laughs> just, just wait you to say cannabis. <laughs> right. So that's sort of an obvious one, too, with respect to the the opportunities locally as well and the expertise that we have here.
1: Yeah. Now I know, you know, I, I know people who, who teach uh, up there at Humboldt. I'm, I'm happy I get to, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you gave me permission to keep saying, just calling it Humboldt. So uh, <laughs> but anyway, I know people that teach up at Humboldt who are not in this kind of, you know, engineering or, or the STEM realm, which I've heard a lot, but, and they don't, they don't seem all that concerned about, about their job security at this point, but in, but in the future, like, should people brace themselves for like losing arts and humanities programs? Do we move away from that? Or will that always be? kind of a part of, of, the, of what Humboldt offers?
2: It'll always be a part of what Humboldt offers. I think there is this, this kind of weird dichotomy that exists that if we invest in and really align ourselves with workforce, that that must mean that we don't care about things like creativity, communication, appreciation of the arts, um teamwork those types of things and those things don't exist as opposites but we seek to integrate um, those those pieces together and that really is at the center and core of us being what we like to say a different kind of polytech or a comprehensive polytechnic Mm. um, institution and i truly believe that the proof is in the punch we have the expertise we have the commitment as an institution And as we add more students, it's it's really going to create additional resources and opportunities for students that really want to engage in our excellent arts programs and philosophy history, all of those things as well. So, again, it's not it's kind of like also sometimes people think creating access and having academic excellence are opposites of one another. And they really aren't. They can knit together in the same way um, that STEM and liberal arts can knit together. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I guess this would be a question uh, for you, Mike, then going back a little bit to the the building projects aspect of it. You know, you mentioned, obviously, how Poly Humboldt, Humboldt is going to be undertaking some major building projects and both, you know, new facilities and imp- improvements to old ones. Maybe you could just outline a, a, a couple of things that you're excited about that we can expect to see.
4: Sure. Excited about is broad. I'm excited about (laughs) almost all these things. Um, That's you know, uh, having been part of the university now Mm -hmm. for almost 15 years, um, seeing us go through various cycles of funding and investments. You know, this is by far uh, the most exciting thing we've ever had happen to campus. Um, To speak at kind of a 15,000 foot view around the projects, um, we we split these up in the two main categories: um, academic and non-academic. And the academic projects you know like you've heard uh, provost caps mentioned is really to support um, programmatic growth as well as invest in our existing facilities and so there are four main areas mm-hmm. of focus under the academic piece the first of which is a new um, engineering and technology building uh, that'll be located in the, in the core of campus it'll be our hallmark building mm-hmm. um, when you think uh, cal poly humboldt um, this may be the building that starts to come to uh, the forefront, along with, of course, Founders Hall. But uh, this will house our new um, our new engineering, our School of Engineering and some other programs that will be part of that companion to that is investment into our existing facilities. So there's another pot of money that will be dedicated to the science core and complex uh, arts, humanities uh, buildings and really other labs across campus to modernize our spaces um, pretty much in general. And that's a huge boon I'm, I'm also responsible for maintenance and operations right and that's a huge come up for us i'm very excited about that uh, the third of the third um, area to look at is um, there's specific funding in there for a microgrid lab and with that microgrid lab would also come a sustainability center and we're partner we're partnering with our um, shots energy research center mm-hmm. on, on the development of that lab um, how we're going to use it um, this will be partnered with our microgrid that we are developing for campus, a nearly three megawatt solar um, array scattered all over campus with generations of battery storage, all to make the campus more resilient. This building will go to studying that and doing applied research for our student and in our, in our new energy systems discipline. And then also give sustainability a face in a home. That's gonna be, we've always celebrated sustainability on campus uh, pretty intently, this will be a place to visit to learn more about it and engage with it. And then um, lastly, on the academic side, a major highlight is um, marine facilities. We are looking at a Eureka um, presence in the marine facility, something to um, support offshore wind research. Um, and um, the Coral Sea, um, which is the only undergraduate applied research vessel in the system, looking to see how we invest into that. On the opposite side of things, non-academic housing. Housing is is really a, a key element in that. I should say that just broadly, big brushstrokes, and in, in different developments, we're doubling our housing capacity and bed count. That's important. You know, at eleven thousand um, FTEs or student uh, enrollment, we're aiming to have just about forty percent of that of that population provided with housing, which is high in the system. Um, and so, okay. us being a rural campus, that's critically important again, utilizing our, our other developments in the community to gain more access for our students uh, into housing, that'll only increase that percentage, which will be great. So there, we have, you know, strategic elements that are happening um, across campus for housing, are the first of which will be um, off campus uh, uh, across the way, a parcel that, that uh, the campus has, um, the old Craftsman's okay. Mall site.
0: Okay.
4: Um, that'll be a great development for the community and for the university. Um, and then we have a few uh, that are scattered on the university themselves, on, on on the university. I feel like I'm sucking up the airtime here, so oh, I'm going no, okay. to go into more detail oh, there.
3: Hey, <laughs> Mike, right. I want you, just to make the point about um, other investments, please talk about the child care lab, too, please. Oh, thanks. Yeah,
4: that's great. Uh, The one currently underway. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The, the childcare, the childcare lab, um, what it, what was the Trinity hospital down here on the South end of campus. That's a mm-hmm. fantastic project. That's besides everything that's going on right now, that project is probably one of my most favorite because of the, it's the perfect kind of project to integrate with the, with the the Bayview community across 14th street from our traditional boundaries, you know um, and, and we were able to, you know, Save a historic resource and and reinvest in the in the building itself, as well as expand and renovate it to accommodate our child development lab, um, which is a separate program from our children's center, but it it, it supports modernization of, of their program and then um, promotes expansion um, when the time is right. So that's a fantastic project.
1: Yeah, us. I've seen I've seen the I've seen the mockups and it's a it's a it's a beautiful looking building. And then I was I was going to ask you. you that that main engineering building uh, that you mentioned, I think I saw like a, some some stats on that, like a like a, a price tag for that building alone, and like the square footage. Do you, do you know that off the top of your head? Because just, just to give yeah. people kind of a scope of, of how how large of a project that one building will be.
4: Sure, sure. That that building will be a, a ninety thousand gross square foot building. Um, it's uh, it'd be we're looking at around five stories on on that build. Um, It's amazing how fast that square footage can get occupied, right? (laughs) All these new programs coming online. Um, The unique thing about that building is uh, it'll also be a a live, work, learn environment. And we will have um, residence halls just adjacent to it on the same build site. And so that's all to promote, you know, learning communities and and cohorts that would find themselves through college and and through specific programs. Um, So that's one unique aspect of that of that build. Um, the the current projected value on that construction is a um, hundred million dollars for the uh, engineering and tech building and then another 35 for the adjacent housing, uh, making yeah. a pretty, pretty significant investment in the heart of campus.
0: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned before, and I also definitely am going to want to go into talking about the housing a little bit more, but I was just curious, like you talked a little bit about, you know, having a a facility in Eureka, at the waterfront to sort of focus on offshore wind energy. And what are some other uh, facilities that are planned for off of campus, like in other parts of of the county? I remember seeing that that was, you know, that 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 was something uh, discussed as part of the, the plans.
4: Sure. I, I'll speak directly to what is within the purview of the funding we have. And then mm-hmm. I think uh, Dr. Caps and Connie can speak a little bit more into the overall approach of the university. Right. The particular expansion off the off-campus really boils down, that's funded, really boils down to two areas. One is the Craftsman's Mall area for off-site campus housing and upper upper um classman housing. And the other one is that that Eureka site. Okay. Those two are are the ones that are are. Of more solid footing uh, because of the funding that comes behind it and its alignment to program. We do not know where the Eureka site is quite yet. We're working on that with okay. other partners. We're not quite sure where that's going to land, uh, but we know its intent and that's that's about as much as I could speak to on that one.
0: Okay. Can anybody else speak to the intent of the university when it comes to possible like off? Campus expansion?
3: Well, like, I guess we could also mention, you know, we're involving collaboratively in, in projects that are being built from community partners, like the Earth Center, which is uh, Humble Transit Authority's right. mm-hmm. uh, project, um, which we're partnering with on. So, so you know, some there are also investments that others are coming up with that we're engaged in as helping assist write grants for or others. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's hard to talk about projects that haven't been funded yet <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but you know I, I mean part of our part of our um, you know part of our mission is to help the community also with yes. um, its needs and desires so that was one of the things that we're like pleased to partner with. Yeah absolutely mm-hmm.
0: well this seems like a good time to talk a little bit about about housing then you know obviously with the significantly increased enrollment. There's a, a large focus on housing right now with the university and the city of Arcata and even uh, other communities like Eureka to accommodate that. And you know, for Arcata's part, they're working on this I'm sure you've heard a lot about the the gateway plan and and basically changing zoning codes uh, to allow for denser, much denser development and much taller buildings, you know, possibly up to to eight stories, but we're not sure yet. But uh I don't know how much any of you pay attention to the, the rumblings on, on Facebook and such, but there are a few folks who definitely are expressing fears about this growth. You know, that there will, might be giant skyscrapers looming over Arcata in the not too distant future. And, you know, what would you say, I think maybe maybe Connie is might be a good person to address this. I'm not sure, but or any of you. But I mean, what would you say to the people who are afraid they're going to lose the the Arcata that they know and love?
3: Well, first of all, I guess I, you know, and I, I guess I could have introduced myself as former mayor of Arcata as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And actually uh, was, you know, on the planning commission mm-hmm. and also helped write the general plan in yeah. um, 2020, which we're out of 2020 now. Um, <laughs> you know, the first thing I would say to everyone is um, change happens whether you plan for it or not. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. always better to have a plan and have a discussion around the plan, and so wherever the plan lands, <laughs> whatever you know changes, it's good to have a community discussion around it. Um, you know, historically, we um, in Arcata um, have asked the citizens long ago um, their preference and their about protecting ag land and open spaces. And so the strategy has always been to protect those ag lands and open spaces and infill. Now, historically we have, we really worked hard. There was money available to protect ag land and, and, and get some wonderful properties, but we, there wasn't always a, the uh, ability to do the infill. So now the infill's coming, the pressure is coming for the infill. And so where, wherever we ultimately land on what height, where the really, the important thing about the gateway is that we have the conversation and that we have that, that people who come into our community to build, have certainty mm-hmm. that they, that, that, that they could have a project. Um, if they propose a project that has already sort of developed a community uh, go through. So that's really honestly the conversation that Arcata needs to have yeah. and eureka needs to have is what what is the 20 year what is a 20 year plan right. and also the importance of taking pressure off of the remaining open spaces so that we can have an agricultural industry um, that we don't outprice and we can keep you know that rural fr- that rural look that we Um, that we all value so much here. Um, So, you know, if we say build here, not here, (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. part of the important discussion that we're having. So uh, it's hard because what you don't want is a community not to have that discussion. (laughs) You know, even though it's painful for some folks, we need to have it. We need and we need to have it on a long-term horizon so people can have certainty and they can know what's gonna happen forward. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So
1: just kind of staying on this this topic of of the impacts on the on the local community. So I know like you know, the people who care about such things, they look at all this investment, look at all this potential growth, and they are just giddy about what this could all mean for the local economy. And I know like the potential economic impacts or something you've you've looked at. Uh, Connie, maybe you can talk a little bit about what we might see when we inject an area of this size with the kind of energy and, and capital that we're expecting here.
3: Well, and, and I would point to not only us, but some of the other really exciting projects.
1: Sure. Nordic at, the, at our the, doorstep. And, yep.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, I work on broadband issues a lot and, you know, the Subsea Cables uh, project is going to allow all sorts of opportunities for people who are already live in our community to really advance their businesses uh, more. Um, you know, a part of the funding that we got for the, um, for the poly um, is also to invest in the ability of the community to have better uh, broadband access as well. So, so we're working very closely with those mm. companies to assure that there's community benefit as they come in and invest in these projects. Uh, so um, let's see, where should I go from there? And I feel like we hijacked uh, Dr. Caps's interview. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I mean, the aquaculture, the wind think, project, you know, yeah. all of these, I, it's not, um, it's not just Cal Poly Humble that yeah. is, is really looking at our area and we have an opportunity if we do things right to help um develop the education and the workforce and the economic development to help solve problems that um, our community has, you know, the fire lab, wildfire mm. lab that we have, you know, we we make a joke that we're the people that like to burn, you know, <laughs> because we're, you know, we're <laughs> teaching, we're, we're, you know, the goal is to teach mm. people how to properly burn so that we don't have catastrophic fires, you know? Mm. So, um, you know, some of the other projects that we're working on around, you know, uh, even working in partnership with the Forest Service around, can we um, create uh, timber products out of the biomass? Um, You know, what does that look like? Are there markets and opportunities there? So, I mean, it's just a really, really exciting time in our community, change is coming yeah. And we, you know, we just have to figure out how to manage it well. Yeah. So. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think too, like, you know, so with more, more money and more people, I, I think uh, Cal Poly Humboldt is, is only going to have a bigger voice in how this community shapes itself in the future. So like, as, as we move forward and you're looking to implement all these lofty goals that, that we're, we're talking about, like what, what do you hope from, hope for from the community uh, to help you on that on that mission and maybe more specifically what would what, what you ask of local elected officials like do you feel do you feel you said that Arcata is is, is on board like Eureka the county are they are they supportive of what you, you're trying to do here are those lines of communication open.
3: Incredible partnership right now on a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I, I think you know we worked very closely every day with um, those partners, and and you know we're building, better, I think better relationships with industry partners as well. Um, you know, I'm I'm a alum. I came here th- 38 years ago, yeah. and um, you know I I stayed, uh, but I I didn't know I was welcome. You know, I think part of the poly conversation is letting students know early in their career that not only is there an education for you, but there's a job for you in the community. You know, you can live here. That's the other reason that housing is such an important conversation beyond student housing, uh, because we we don't, we, we are also, um, as Dr. Cap said, building a work, building programs that our local workforce need, um, mm. and so interconnecting, the living by doing, and getting folks to understand in their freshman and sophomore year that there's a place for you in this community, there's a job yeah. for you in this community, and you are welcome to stay here in this community. I think is gonna be a much more powerful than those of us who just figured it out and stuck around.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just another reminder that Humble Holding Up is brought to you by the North Coast Co-op. And as somebody who uh, operates, works in Old Town Eureka, let me just say, when that, those lunchtime hunger pangs hit, I find myself drawn to the salad bar at the North Coast Co-op, what I do is I, I go, I take a spinach. I really go overboard on the uh the, the, the tofu chunks and um, <laughs> eat some, you know, a bunch of onions. I also, I'll throw some chicken in there with the tofu. I go heavy on the protein stuff is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it as much like not a vegetable salad as possible. <laughs> it was really
1: hard for me. You know, the, the salad bar went away during COVID for obvious yeah, reasons for I a little remember. bit. Um, I remember but that was back. really hard on you. It was really yeah. hard on me, but it's yeah. back. And uh, oh, and then I put I, I cover it all with the the balsamic vinaigrette. Uh, yeah. Because it's like in my mind, I'm doing something healthy for myself, but I don't know if I ultimately that's what happens. I really I I I like a I like a fat salad.
0: Well, there's no place better to make yourself a fat salad than at the uh, North Coast Co-op. So let's let's go get a salad right now, Andrew. I can't wait. Right
1: now. So Steph, there's a bunch of grow shops in Humble, right?
0: I think so <laughs> yes yeah yeah
1: and, and and one of those happens to be humble hydroponics which is located at 1302 union street do you know where that is
0: uh yeah of course that's right over by uh the broadway cinema
1: that's correct there yeah. Ah. yeah there you go and humble hydroponics is committed to helping their community through tough times by providing discounts keeping prices down whenever possible
0: oh well, do do they have soils oh, nutrients yeah. supplements yes, yes. Yeah, what about trellis, bamboo stakes, watering tools, pH uh-huh. solutions?
1: Generally liquid. Look, they have lighting, LED and otherwise, trays, inserts, perlite, rock wool, fans, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Wow, they have everything. And and where is Humble Hydroponics located again?
1: 1302 Union Street.
0: Right, right by the Broadway Cinema. Uh-huh.
1: That's right. Give them a call at 707-443-4304.
0: Uh, okay. Since you mentioned that, uh, Connie, about this idea of letting students know, you know, that they're really welcome in this community, maybe um, Jen can can speak to this, like, for a long time, this is something that has been discussed, you know, in our public meetings is this idea of, of building a stronger relationship between the city and the university and involving students more in the community you know, outside of school, outside of campus. What are some ways that Cal Poly Humboldt plans to to get students more involved in their surrounding community?
2: Yeah, um, I, I think that uh, there's a lot to say about that. But one of the things that is, is really important to us or was important to us as HSU and is is we're cementing as Cal Poly Humboldt is that learn by doing, hands-on experience, um, seeking to have students out in the community, um, getting uh, earning units for, work that they're doing that's relevant to their field. So, And we have some of that, a fair amount of that, whether it's research, whether it's a social work student, um, doing an internship in a school, all of those things. And so, um, but adding, you know, moving to hopefully 100% of our students having those experiences, and that is creating connections and partnerships with more and more businesses and tribes and government and local community, as well as expanding that out to areas beyond actually Humboldt County. And so if we have students, um, we have students that come from all over, from LA, from San Francisco. And so how do we particularly leverage opportunities to create those connections in those communities? So when students return home for the summer, they're earning units, they're getting paid, and we're also broadening our reach and our connection um, so that's one piece, I think, helping to support our students, um, engage in uh, leadership roles and service to the community um, in, in all sorts of different places. We have a, a you, you know, you may be aware of, of, of Equity Arcata, which is really a partnership between the city of Arcata our university and local businesses to really um, strive toward being more inclusive and welcoming um, of of BIPOC folks. And so that's a a great space, I think, that um, has showed a lot of promise um, for us. But I think what I appreciate about us um, in our community is that we're acknowledging the places where we need to do some work, um, investing resources, being open to hearing what the concerns are, and then being strategic with respect to how we move forward to, to achieve those pieces. And, you know, one, one other thing, this is a little bit, a little tangential from what you're asking, but you know, what's also really important to us is, is inclusive student success. So making sure that as we accept students into our university, how do we wrap them up and support them in being successful? And a lot uh, we have a lot of promising practices to that end. We have a, a great strategy called place-based learning communities that, Um, take students right now that exist primarily in our natural resources and science college, but we seek to expand that across all majors where students are put into a cohorted model. They work on a specific project out in a a community and learn about different tribal nations or learn about different um, problems or projects or opportunities that exist within the local communities and really connect them with that hands-on experience, connect them with community members, with peers, and really put to action um, what they're learning and do that really early on so that they get a taste of of how to take their major, their area of interest, and really leverage that into um, purpose and impact.
0: Yeah. As a, a community member, what can I do? I live in Arcata. I'm an HSU Uh, alum. (laughs) What can I do to make my community more more welcoming to HSU students? Oh, sorry. Cal Poly Humboldt students. (laughs) Sorry, I did it again.
2: Well, we're certainly in a period of transition on the name. So I think it's going to only help with our marketing as we stumble through and and we (laughs) have to say what our new name is. But honestly, I mean, I think what's been part of our our planning efforts all along when we were um, engaging in our self-study and now as we are working on our implementation of Polytechnic is really inviting in community partners, inviting in you, I mean, how, how, I would kind of almost ask you the question back, how can, how can you contribute, right? Right now you're contributing by giving us some airspace to be able to tell the story, right? Uh, my neighbor is like, oh, I'm a, I'm an engineer. I work here. Can I come in and, and do a little talk in a class? Absolutely. My other neighbor's like, my son is dying to come to Cal Poly Humboldt now, and isn't going to go to another school because now you're a poly. Like, and and people, it's really interesting. And so, you know, I don't think there's a blanket answer necessarily. But how how can we all come together? Um, to make this this community um, essentially the coolest place around, right? And so, you know, our success of Cal Poly Humboldt is this success for Arcata, is a success for my neighbor, and is a success for you. And so that's what's neat. Um, and what I really enjoy about being here is there's such diversity of thought, of experience, of approach, <laughs> of people, of communities, even within Humboldt County. Um, so there's what, what can't people give, right? It's just a matter of, I think I say a lot because I'm a former collegiate rower um, that I always say, could, let's get everybody rowing together. Like what's the problem? Let's identify what the issue is, get everybody on the same side and let's row together because I think historically we've spent some time, you know, rowing against one another and not getting anywhere and getting frustrated. Right.
0: Mm. So that's what I'd share.
1: I don't know that I necessarily have a question about uh, around this, uh, Dr. Capps, but you know, you you spent like um, a, a semester on this on this self study, right? And it seems like that was really uh, that that must have been a, a large undertaking. And I just kind of wonder if you wanted to talk a little bit about that, like what that process was like and what you you learned about this place that you were, that you yourself were coming to, you know, as a, you were new, you were a new person in in this community. I just wondered if you wanted to talk a little bit about what that was like.
2: Yeah, certainly. I mean, the self-study was, was genius. Um, from my perspective, we worked with our <laughs> chancellor's office um, who, who asked us to do a self-study about um, our campus, what our strengths were, what our opportunities were, and to use a self-study um, to inform writing a prospectus document that would then help to be that decision maker. Do we shift to this polytechnic designation or seek that and how we structured that we had a pretty successful strategic planning process that we had just recently undergone. So determined to set up the self-study process in the same way with a, a steering group and then several, seven different working groups focused on different parts of studying at the time HSU. And one thing that was Terrific about that process. There's a couple things, but it really uncovered um, strengths of the institution and actually strengths that different parts of the institution and the community, both on campus and outside of the campus, didn't know about each other. So we learned a lot about who we were um, as an institution. Another thing that was really significant about that is we were very intentional about inviting in Mm -hmm. external partners to sit on our working groups, be part of our process. It wasn't sort of that ivory tower, higher ed thing. We really opened up the doors and said, hey, come be on a working group, come to an open forum. Would you like me to come and talk to your Rotary Club or your whatever group? I'm happy to do that and did a lot of that, even if it was for just a couple of people or a thousand people. And it really meant a lot that people felt like their voice and their perspective was heard. And for us, I think what has really signaled, I think uh, the beginnings of great success is that we have worked in tandem with the community um, to inform what we're doing, rather than just kind of decide over here, this is what we think would be good. And, I, uh, and then just do it without um, partnering, you know, as Mike um, does a ton of that with respect to infrastructure project is, I do a lot of that determining what academic programs are going forward and making sure that it is data driven um, and that you know we're, we're gonna have places where we don't always agree, but at least to open the door to ask people what their perspective is and see if we can't find a pathway to compromise. And it's been nothing but but a, a great process to really re re um, learn about ourselves and really reintroduce ourselves. I think to our external partners.
1: So. Yeah, it's been really it's been really interesting to to watch. You know, I think some people might quibble about you know little trivial issues here and there, but just how overwhelmingly positive and excited every aspect of this community, I think, has, has been about this transition. Obviously, you know, it means a huge yeah. influx of, of money into the community, and nobody's going to be uh, upset about that. But yeah, it's just like, I think from the day this came across our desk, we're like, oh, well, here's a win. Like, this is, yeah. this is exciting, you know. So I, I feel like I, I have to ask a very unimportant question that I think a, a lot of people might find very important but you know at a time when you're <laughs> we changing the name of a, of a university it seems like a very opportune time maybe to update the mascot and everybody's
0: I, favorite question <laughs> and so
1: and so the and so the question is uh do you need loco's help with that
0: we have some ideas
1: <laughs> you do, do you? well
2: here i'll give you the back a tiny bit of the backstory on that okay. so at yeah. the same time that we were um Starting the self-study process um, and one of the working groups was university name. What would we put forward as our, you know, we landed on California State Polytechnic University, Humboldt or Cal Poly for short. But there was an entire working group that focused on <laughs> connecting with alumni, looking at weird acronym, all kinds of things and landed mm-hmm. on that. But immediately um, within two <laughs> seconds of that working group <laughs> forming the name, well, let's also tackle that lumberjack. Um, you know, mascot, and we were very intentional to separate those two things because changing the name and a designation at a university is a a board item it's it's something that has to go before our board of trustees our mascot does not (laughs) and so we didn't want to get bogged down with conflating two things yeah so here we are where we've 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 gotten our designation our name has changed and there are little places where folks are saying well now how about that lumberjack um mascot and there are wild wildly broad perspectives about that from please do not let that go to yeah, better not keep it or else, sort of thing. Yeah. And so I think as an institution, we're open to exploring that for sure. Um, but it's really important to us to to capture broad feedback from alumni, from existing students, community well, members, etc.
1: So I, I I will note that while you were saying all that, that that for the people who are listening, Connie changed her background to one containing a. Bigfoot. So I don't know if that's her putting forth her choice for a new I was assuming that 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 was some sort of. (laughs) The the cow poly Bigfoots? Is that what you're. Oh, oh, (laughs) she's backed off. Okay. (laughs)
0: Back
4: down to the the marsh. The cow poly marshes. <laughs>
3: yeah I, I, I guess nonverbal nonverbal cues don't work as good in radio right, yeah, right. Well, <laughs> i tried i tried to help you know. <laughs> but I, yes i i have been using sasquatch as a as a background drop and it okay. is available to, to for anyone to download on the cal poly uh um, market, marketing communication page okay
0: okay but now is there has there been a suggestion of
1: I feel I feel like we haven't gotten, <laughs> we haven't
0: gotten yes. I feel
1: like we haven't gotten Mike in here as, as much as anybody so I'm gonna I'm gonna make Mike choose the new mascot I think that yep. that's the only appropriate
4: I don't know if I could be a mascot no I'm scared. <laughs> I you know I don't I <laughs> as a former athlete here um, at humble state you know being a lumberjack myself uh an alumni um you know there's a there's a certain affinity to you know carrying on the lumberjack name mm, and, okay. and 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 partisan uh, here yeah I, I am a little partisan um i think <laughs> that there are a number of alumni who may feel that same way um but i maintain i wouldn't be in my job if i didn't maintain an open mind on anything sure. um and so i think that's where we are as a university and, and navigating where we're going. Not trying to make my answer too political, but you know, just <laughs> keeping just keeping an open mind on where we want to go. And and uh, again, just the the alumni hat on for a second. Yeah. Um I liked having the J on the side of my helmet. I thought that was a lot of fun. And yeah. That's just something I grew up with. Yeah. Okay.
1: Sure. Well, so so Mike says stay with Lumberjacks. Connie wants the Bigfoot. I'm just deciding. <laughs> no, no, her. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I, no, no, I, yeah. I, here's, too good.
3: What I, here's what I say to the answer to the mascot conversation. Uh-huh. Let me know so I can retire before <laughs> before I have to okay. sit through any of those meetings. Oh uh-huh.
0: yeah. Just okay, too but, much. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> but
1: but. Uh, dr caps i feel i feel like you you i mean you did you give an answer of wh- whether you have an opinion either way on on how this should go
2: I to be this is going to be a, a sound like a political answer, but I don't. Yes. I don't. It, yeah, yeah. I'll preface my statement by that. <laughs> I don't. I actually, frankly, I don't have a preference. To yeah. me, it's yeah. about um, it's about the alumni of the institution first and foremost, and probably mm-hmm. secondarily the students, because that you know, the university is theirs. I work here, right? I am not a graduate of this institution, and so. Um, I think it's important to just in the way that we did the self-study process, seek wide feedback on the matter. And so, um, okay. you know, okay. I could, I could do argue point counterpoint to the mascot okay. easily. Sure. Right. Well, and to me, when there's point counterpoint, I'm not sure if there's a reason right. to change. So I guess that's probably where I sit in this moment without any additional okay. information or feedback. I think,
3: I think we can honestly say we are all united in the keeping it keeping the color green. Oh absolutely. Yeah. Nobody's
1: questioning that, Connie. Don't worry. (laughs) Let's
3: talk about what unites us.
0: Green unites us. Right, right. As long as there's some green. And just to be clear, the the mascot himself is called the lucky logger, right? Is that still what the actual mascot is called? Like the of the okay. It's the lumberjacks, but we got the lucky logger as the as the mascot just wanted yeah. to clarify that i was looking
4: around my office because i knew i had a blow-up of that thing for some reason in here but i don't have <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. well we have other some other really really important questions this is the this is the this is the big dumb question yeah. the big dumb questions segment of this interview so another thing um and i don't know maybe this is something uh, mike can speak to when w- can we expect to see the humboldt state university signage change because right now it still says humboldt state university up there very maybe, confusing might be confusing for some people looking for cal Poly Humboldt, Humboldt state university they're gonna be like what's up with this so when can we expect some changes there
4: yeah uh certainly one of the highest priorities um among some among other <laughs> things uh <laughs> No, uh, with no joke. I mean, you know, yeah. establishing yourself and putting your front door uh, to, to resemble yourself correctly are 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 of equal measure. So yeah. what I can tell you is that there there have been plans in place to change out the signage and um, not to blame everything on pandemic, but the pandemic got hold of lead times and other yeah. things. Sure. Um, and also, you know, we're we're trying to re-envision the branding of, of campus and the permanent uh, signage of what that might say and, and the style of, of the, um, the lettering itself. But anyways, long story, long, <laughs> long answer to it, something that deserves a short answer is um, within the next few months, we, we're gonna be making changes out there. Yeah.
0: Okay, Okay. great. Mm-hmm. Another, a, a related question that I, I was curious about that is m- much more, dumb uh what will happen <laughs> what is going to happen to all the existing hsu merch once that is no longer relevant nobody has an totally answer totally relevant it's, okay. it's it's are you kidding right uh, yeah that's I mean, like yeah like you, what oh,
2: no i, I say you. this a thank little bit so <laughs> in, i i take i say i actually say it tongue-in-cheek but there's been a run on the merchandise because it's like what is what's the word legacy merchandise uh, yeah i Those think collector's had, items yeah Okay. Yeah, I think we had on the day that our board um, approved our name change, a literal like sellout in our bookstore. Wow. Okay. merchandise And historic like legacy merchandise because folks want it all. Right. And so right. I think there's value in both. And so I'm like, you know, keeping my legacy stuff, um, you know, as a in the same way that I did, um, this will date me. I'm originally from Washington DC and there's lots of name changes, but I'm going to go back to the the Washington bullets NBA team. Right, um, yes. I have bullet stuff from back in the day, um, right. that I covet. And so I think it's <laughs> great. And again, if we focus on Humboldt, really Humboldt is, is sort of our, our, our key point, um, in that. So, yeah. so hold on to your stuff it might be okay worse. so one there day.
0: actually might not be a, a surplus yeah. of stuff to have to figure out to do something with because people are there's appeal to to getting the old the legacy merch get yeah. it while it's hot i know i should have gotten i don't think i, I have even like an you hfu sweatshirt from my that's so silly i i feel kind of silly going out and getting one now but mm. maybe it'll be <laughs> worth money someday mm. We've been thoughtful about having both actually. <laughs>
1: yeah. Cool. Good. Well, um, so this is about, you know, the, the time that we allot to these things. So, uh, you know, we got our dumb questions out of the way, but uh, was there anything anything else that, y- that y'all thought was, was pertinent that we didn't get to any message that you wanted to get out to the community uh, about this transition? Uh,
2: you know, I would, it, I say this each time I talk to anyone, but it's really important to me that really this is fundamentally about Uh, a couple of different things creating access for students defining our institution by who we include and not who we exclude a lot of um, folks worry as we become a polytechnic and we have this prestige associated with our institution that means we become exclusive and it goes back to what i said Mm -hmm. before we can have access and excellence and those can knit together very well and that we are committed to doing that Um, and this is really an opportunity um, for the region for the workforce, and for our prospective students. And to me, the reason why this is successful um, is because of our team, because of our faculty, our staff, our students, our external partners. We started planning this effort without a a penny of money or investment from the state. And I think certainly we had a lot of great support from the governor, the chancellor, other folks um, to get This $458 million to support our efforts, but that also was because we had put in a heck of a lot of legwork um, and we had great plans, partnerships, um, research in place to be able to to launch very quickly um, and get out the information to those that um, were offering us funding. So it really has been, I, I am grateful that I've gotten to be, I guess, the face of this effort, but it really is really a pure joy because it's the team that's really gotten us to where we are. So that's what I'd say.
1: Yeah. As I say, you know, uh, nothing, nothing, but enthusiasm that we we, we've heard about this Uh, and I, yeah, I I can't, I can't even fathom what, what level of undertaking uh, this is. So, you know, uh, congratulations on the, on the work uh, that you've already completed and uh, good luck on, on what you have to do going forward.
2: Absolutely. Appreciate it. And appreciate the time. It's fun talking. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much yeah 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 Yeah. thanks for the opportunity all right that's it we want to thank uh dr caps uh mike fisher and connie stewart for coming in and helping us understand what this cal poly humble business means i will not be saying cph i'm glad Uh, I, I now have the direction on that. Uh, yeah, Humboldt. Uh, Although, how it.
0: how are we gonna when we say Humboldt? Then d- how will we differentiate the Humboldt, the the Cal Poly to, from Humboldt the county?
1: Well, I, I, if you remember, I th- I, I, was, I was asking for like the shorthand. So it's like, yeah. where'd you go to? Where'd you go to school? Humboldt. In the context? Yeah. I went to Humboldt.
0: Yeah exactly but and yeah. then you could also just say that of like i went to the school of life you know in humboldt yeah. county and people will just assume that you mean cal poly humboldt and you know mm-hmm. that's on them
1: exactly. so i studied
0: cannabis in humboldt let's just call it that and Didn't <laughs> we all thanks for listening <laughs> we'll see you next time bye spike up, you're like kind of a, a gardener or like a landscaper of sorts aren't you? You I have, have lands. <laughs> okay. Well, a lot of folks in Humble County are. And uh for those people, a great place to go check out is Humble Hydroponics. Yeah. You know this? Yeah, they're over mm-hmm. on 1302 Union Street in Eureka.
1: That's by Broadway Cinema.
0: Yes, that is that is right. And and these guys are very knowledgeable, their staff, they're familiar with Humboldt's climate so they can help you with your your indoor and outdoor growing needs, whatever those may be. They got mm. lighting, soils, pH solutions, fans, trays, all that, all that stuff. Well, yeah. that's, you know, you know, this that's stuff. handy. exactly so you got to check them out they're they're locally owned and operated
1: now if i buy a big old uh, uh, bag of of soil or 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 whatnot do i am i going to have to haul that myself the- like, I got, like put it in my truck myself. I mean, is is what I'm getting at
0: there. If if, if you feel like you want to do that to help get some muscles, then you can. Yeah. But no, you don't have to do that. That's the one of the other great things about humble hydroponics mm. is the staff will will help you load up your truck. They'll even help with a curbside pickup. You know, if you need if you want to do that, okay. just give okay. them a call. Give them a call to to figure out how they can help you. It's
1: 707-443-4304. Humbled Hydroponics helping you with all your growing needs.
0: Of course, this, this podcast also wouldn't be possible without the North Coast Co-op, which uh provides basically all of the food that you and me eat. Uh, I don't know what we would do without the co-op.
1: Have you ever had the Pokeball?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's now, got I know you uh, like those.
1: It's got so much, fish. yeah. It's fish and Fresh avocado beer. and uh, little carrots and yeah. and uh little shrimps yeah on the poke bowls delightful
0: i like their um, sandwiches i like their baked goods it has everything true. that you need and and on top of being an amazing grocery store that provides everything that you need they also i just want to mention one more time now just like everybody else in the world have a podcast
1: You're talking about Cheese the Day, stuff.
0: I am talking about Cheese the Day. That's the only one that I know of. You can find Cheese the Day wherever you find your podcasts. So check it out. Cheese the Day, North Coast Co-op.